know-it-alls. I know you probably don't recognize me in this trench coat and fake mustache, but I'm trying to keep a low profile in my new gig as an undercover detective. Super lifelike disguise, right? That's right. Private Investigator JS at your service. Unlicensed in all 50 states. And this episode, I'm investigating the most famous PI of all time, Sherlock Holmes. Plus, I'm answering the mysterious question. What do private investigators do anyway? So put on your thinking caps, know-it-alls. It's time to crack the case. Hi, my name is Bella, and you might know me as Jay is from TikTok or YouTube. But you're about to know me from this podcast, Know-It-All. And each episode, I'm going to help you become a know-it-all about something new. Here we go. Remember my riddle from last episode? What's another name for both a mystery solver and one's younger sister? Shout it out on the count of three. One, two, three. Enola Holmes. Of course, Enola's big brother is the legendary Sherlock Holmes. But in the new Netflix film, Enola becomes a detective in her own right. A week ago, I awoke. Mother? To find that my mother was missing. And she did not return. I'm presently on the way to collect my brothers, Mycroft and Sherlock. Yes, Sherlock Holmes. The famous detective, my genius brother. He will have all the answers. Enola. The thing is, Sherlock doesn't have the answers Enola is looking for, so she takes matters into her own hands. There are two paths you can take, Enola. Yours, or the path others choose for you. Enola Holmes is so good. Not only is the spirited Enola played by Millie Bobby Brown, but the movie creates such a vivid and fantastical depiction, I was like, sign me up for private investigator school. I don't know exactly what the job is or what I would get paid, but she made it look fun enough to change my whole life on a whim. Are you sure you want to do this, little girl? How can I resist? The game is afoot. Now, I know some of you are thinking, Enola Holmes? I didn't know Sherlock had a sister. And even die-hard Holmes fans might be a little confused. What do you think? I, 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 I know everything about everything? That's because Enola isn't real. Well, to be fair, Sherlock isn't real either. He's a fictional private detective created by British author Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. But here's a statistic that will blow your mind. According to a 2011 survey, a whopping 21% of people believe that Sherlock Holmes is a real guy. So let's be clear. Neither Enola or Sherlock are human beings that have walked and talked and been alive on this earth. But the Enola character doesn't appear in the original Sherlock Holmes canon created and written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. This original collection consisted of four novels and 56 short stories published between 1887 and 1927. But the lore surrounding Sherlock Holmes didn't end there. In 2012, the Guinness World Records named Sherlock Holmes the most portrayed literary human character in film and TV history. At the time of the announcement, he had been played by over 75 different actors and depicted on screen over 250 times. Sherlock beat the character of Shakespeare's Hamlet by 48 betrayals to claim the record. Hamlet, avenge me! In the stories written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Sherlock had an older brother named Minecraft, but no other siblings are mentioned. The character of Enola was created by American author Nancy Springer for the YA series entitled The Enola Holmes Mysteries, which the Netflix film is based on. And honestly, thank you, Nancy Springer. Sherlock has been busy with his hundreds of betrayals, so it's nice to let an unconventional lady take the starring role. And that concludes the mystery of who is Enola Holmes. Case closed. 
So now let's take a closer look at Enola's predecessor, her older brother Sherlock. What made him such a tremendously popular character? My theory is that he became the world's most famous private investigator, or consulting detective as he prefers to be called, precisely by breaking the mold. I'm a consulting detective of some repute. Sherlock is a loner. His most frequent companion is his flatmate and associate, Dr. John Watson. They live together at 221B Baker Street with their landlady, Mrs. Hudson. Don't sniffle, Mrs. Hudson. Aside from and including Mrs. Hudson, Holmes doesn't really seem to understand or get along with women. He doesn't have an interest in dating or romantic pursuits, but he's quick to recall numbers and snippets of evidence. Despite conjecture that Holmes is a psychopath or a high-performing sociopath, he doesn't really fit the criteria for either pathologically, and there have been numerous think pieces on the internet defending him against these labels. The character of Sherlock Holmes definitely has antisocial tendencies, but he also has a thriving conscience. There's one thing you failed to deduce from the watch. Holmes is so synonymous with the word deduce that it's easy to mistake that he used deductive reasoning in his crime solving. But that would be incorrect. He actually uses inductive reasoning. All right, know-it-alls, you know what that means. I just got a word alert. According to the Daily Coach newsletter, deductive reasoning starts with a hypothesis that examines facts and then reaches a logical conclusion. Deduction goes theory, hypothesis, observation, confirmation. For deductive reasoning to work, the hypothesis must be correct. On the other hand, inductive reasoning starts with observations that produce generalizations and theories. It begs the question, why? Induction goes observation, pattern, hypothesis, theory. Inductive reasoning is really quite simple, but yet it's the superpower that makes Holmes the incredible detective that he is. That's because he looks for clues that he can build a theory on, instead of just jumping to false conclusions and looking for clues to support his theory. One of my favorite facts about Sherlock Holmes is actually his famous catchphrase. Elementary, my dear Watson. Yep, that's the one. So it turns out that he's never, ever uttered that phrase, not even once, in Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's 60 stories featuring Sherlock. How crazy is that? The thing he's most known for saying was an afterthought originated by William Gillette in the 1899 play Sherlock Holmes. Gillette performed the character of Holmes about 1,300 times, according to Dick Riley's The Bedside Companion to Sherlock Holmes, and thus helped create the modern image of the detective, complete with Holmes' classic deerstalker cap and curved pipe. So those are the cliff notes on Sherlock Holmes, though of course his legend is always expanding, and I don't think his case file will ever fully be closed. I hope it never ends. Don't worry, the Holmes legacy isn't going anywhere, especially not if Enola has anything to say about it. But before we wrap up this episode, we have one mystery left to solve. What exactly is a private investigator, and how can you become one? According to How Stuff Works, private investigators are paid to gather facts and conduct thorough investigations. They sometimes help solve crimes, but unlike police detectives, they work for private citizens or businesses rather than for the government. Private investigators have existed for almost 200 years. In 1833, the first known private detective agency opened in France. In 1850, Alan Pinkerton formed Pinkerton National Detective Agency, which grew into one of the most famous detective agencies in the United States. The term private eye actually comes from the Pinkerton Detective Agency logo, and they claim credit for the mugshot as well. Today, about a quarter of private investigators in the United States are self-employed. Others work for detective agencies, security services, financial institutions, credit collection services, and other businesses. 
The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics report that the median annual salary for a PI is $57,000. In most states, you don't need a post-secondary education to become a private investigator, but you do need a license. And even though the job title sounds really exciting, like any job, there are pros and cons. Pros include getting access to a special database and reuniting long-lost family members. But cons include a lot of waiting around and occasionally having to go through people's trash for intel. Well, it's not what I expected. And perhaps most hilarious of all, because of the media stereotypes about private investigators, many real-life PIs prefer to be called legal investigators instead. Well, I don't have a license, and it turns out you need one in California. So I guess this is where my private detective cosplay stops. I had a blast reviewing the case files on Enola and Sherlock Holmes, and I hope you did too. Hit me up on TikTok and Instagram at OnlyJS or Twitter at NotJS, and let me know. What's your favorite TV or movie version of Sherlock Holmes? And after everything you've learned in this episode, would you want to be a private investigator? Don't forget to smash those five stars and leave a nice review. It's super easy, and when you rate and review the podcast, it helps other listeners find me. Curious what the next episode of Know It All will be about? I'll give you a hint. I'll be wearing a costume. Join me again in two weeks for another episode of Know It All. Know It All.